I have an article that I wanted to take a look at. The title is Trump Should Be Removed from Office. This is from a Christian website, which is a really, really big deal. Okay, so there's been a lot of impeachment stuff going on. I'm sure most of you guys have been keeping up with the impeachment stuff, or some of you have, some of you haven't. I have been keeping up with the impeachment stuff. Trump has been impeached by the House of Representatives, which means that now it goes to trial, pretty much, and it will be decided whether or not he's going to be kicked out of office. The way it's set up in the final trial is uh, the Supreme Court acts as the judges, the Senate acts as the jurors. Like I said, I've never personally been through this process before. I've never seen it play out before, so I'm a little bit unclear on how it works. I'm kind of muddling my way through it. But that's my understanding of it, so um, just keep a lookout. At this moment, the, the, the latest update on this situation is the House voted to impeach him. That means voted to have the trial. And the Senate, like the senators are majority controlled by Republicans. They said, like, Mitch McConnell's the majority leader in the Senate, which means he's, like, the Republican and it's controlled by Republicans. He's the leader of the Republicans there. He outright said he's coordinating with Donald Trump and the White House on what they want, how they want this impeachment trial to play out. And Lindsey Graham said he's not going to be an impartial juror which is actually breaking his oath of office. Like, he, he, he specifically swears to be an impartial juror in this situation. So really, really fascinating. So the House decided to officially adopt the motions to impeach Trump, which means it goes to trial next. But they didn't pass the paperwork on. They have not passed the paperwork onto the Senate yet, which means... The Senate can't hold the trial until they get the paperwork. Um, that was kind of a power move on Nancy Pelosi's part, who is the Democratic majority leader in the House of Representatives. No, I'm sorry. She's the Speaker of the House. That's what she is. She's the Speaker of the House, which means she's third in line to be president if everyone else dies. So Trump is president now. If Trump died, then uh, Pence would be president. If Pence also died, then Pelosi would be president. She's number three. So anyway, it was kind of a power move on her part to refuse to give the paperwork to the Senate for the trial. She basically said, I'm not giving it to you until you guarantee me that we're going to have a fair trial, which I think is fair enough. You know, they specifically said they weren't going to have a fair trial. And she's saying, I want a fair trial or you're not getting the paperwork. So, And it's just going to sit in the news cycle until they agree. Just going to get worse and worse for Donald Trump the longer this drags on. We'll see what happens. Honestly, my suspicion is that he's not going to ever have his impeachment trial. I suspect that they're just not going to pass the paperwork along at all. That's my guess. That this is just going to drag on until his term runs up, which honestly is actually pretty soon. It's not far off. Well, I mean, it's in a year, I think. One one year and one month. So anyway, let's... So this is, this is the big deal, right? So this is the article I was talking about. Trump should be removed from office. This is from ChristianityToday.com. This is an 
extreme evangelical website. It's a big deal that these people have turned on Trump at this point. So let me just kind of read the article, hit the major points, and see what it says here. Let's grant this to the president. The Democrats have headed out for him from day one, and therefore nearly everything they do is under a cloud of partisan suspicion. This has led many to suspect not only motives, but facts in these recent impeachment hearings. And no, Mr. Trump did not have a serious opportunity to offer his side of the story in the House hearings on impeachment. Yeah, he did, actually. He did have an opportunity. He didn't take that opportunity, but he had it. It was there. They were perfectly willing to have him in. He didn't want to be in there, so... Mr. Trump did not have a serious opportunity to offer his side of the story in the House hearings on impeachment. Yes, he did. But the facts in this instance are unambiguous. The President of the United States attempted to use his political power to coerce a foreign leader to harass and discredit one of the President's political opponents. That is not only a violation of the Constitution, more importantly, it is profoundly immoral. Yeah, I can agree with that. It is an immoral thing, and it is unconstitutional. The reason many are not shocked about this is that this president has dumbed down the idea of morality in his administration. Here it goes. This is Christianity ripping into Trump. Ready? He has hired and fired a number of people who are now convicted criminals. That's true. Convicted criminals, like sent to jail over a lot of this stuff. Manafort and Flynn got into a lot of trouble. Like, lots and lots of people in his circle have either gone to jail or being sentenced now. Roger Stone is another one. He's been sentenced, I think, to like a lot of time. He himself admitted to immoral actions in business and his relationships with women, about which he remains proud. Yeah, that's true. His Twitter feed alone, with its habitual string of mischaracterizations, lies, and slanders, is a near-perfect example of a human being who is morally lost and confused. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm a little bit unclear on the like the timeline on this situation, but from my understanding, he used campaign money to pay off a porn star to keep quiet about their relationship. That's a pretty big deal, too. And then, you know, it was Stormy Daniels, and then all that stuff came out, and she wrote that book and all that other good junk. So, anyway... Trump's evangelical supporters have pointed to his Supreme Court nominees, his defense of religious liberty, and his stewardship of the economy, among other things, as achievements that justify their support of the president. We believe the impeachment hearings have made it absolutely clear, in a way the Mueller investigation did not, that President Trump has abused his authority for personal gain and betrayed his constitutional oath. The impeachment hearings have illuminated the president's moral deficiencies for all to see. This damages the institution of the presidency, damages the reputation of our country, and damages both the spirit and the future of our people. None of the president's positives can balance the moral and political danger we face under a leader of such grossly immoral character. That's fascinating. That is a fascinating take from the evangelical Christian right. I mean, what do you what do you say to all of this? You know, they pointed out There were a lot of upsides for right-wingers and for Christians in America. For example, they got right-wing activist extremist judges on the Supreme Court. And not just in the Supreme Court. They got federal judges put into office. And those are lifetime appointments. Those aren't going away this generation. 
That's one plus side for right wingers and for Christians. They got that. They are getting what they want with the economy. It what they're doing right now is boosting it short term, but it's going to crash it long term. Just like with Ronald Reagan in the eighties. He did did this exact thing. Like he came up with this started pushing this big idea of trickle down economics in the eighties which led to short-term bursts in the economy, short-term explosions where it just blew up. And they paid for it after a while. Like, it, it's not a long-term solution, does not work long-term. And we have evidence that trickle-down economics does not wor- work long-term because of Kansas, at the very least. Governor, I think Governor Brownback implemented full-blown trickle-down economics in Kansas, and it bankrupted the state. So, anyways, the economy may look fairly good at this immediate moment based on the stock indexes, but the stocks are really an indicator of how the wealthy are doing in America, not how America is doing. It's because of trickle-down economics. It's because of all the tax cuts and everything. Of course, the giant corporations that, that... practically run the country are doing really well after a bunch of tax breaks yeah did you expect any different of course the stock market is up that money that the extremely rich are getting right now is coming from somewhere it's not going to the poorest in the country it exists right now and it can either go to the middle class or the poor or it can go to the very very rich like filthy rich millionaires and billionaires And at this moment, the fact that the stock market is doing just as well as it is is an indication of the fact that, um, along with the fact that the tax breaks were given, it's an indication of the fact that the very rich are taking a lot of the new money being made in the country right now. Let me continue on here. This concern for the character of our national leader is not new in CT, which is Christianity Today again. In 1998, we wrote this. 98, uh, Clinton was president in 1998. The president's failure to tell the truth, even when cornered, rips at the fabric of the nation. This is not a private affair, for above all, social intercourse is built on a presumption of trust. Trust that the milk your grocer sells you is wholesome and pure. Trust that the money you put in your bank can be taken out of the bank. Trust that your babysitter, firefighters, clergy, and ambulance drivers will all do their best. And while politicians are notorious for breaking campaign promises, while in office they have a fundamental obligation to uphold our trust in them and to live by the law. Bill Clinton was impeached, of course. A lot of people know Clinton was impeached. And he, was, he actually went straight to trial. And he was acquitted in that trial. The Senate acquitted him. He was impeached for lying under oath, I believe. He claimed that he did not have an affair with this person or with that person or whatever and they impeached him for lying under oath so there was a lot to the the whole situation there was a lot to it generally i figure it's kind of ridiculous but like i said i don't know all of the facts in that whole thing so i'm just gonna keep it shut on that issue and apparently they also wrote this ct wrote this Unsavory dealings and immoral acts by the president and those close to him have rendered this administration morally unable to lead. That was in reference to Bill Clinton again in 1998. 
Unfortunately, the words that we applied to Mr. Clinton 20 years ago apply almost perfectly to our current president. Whether Mr. Trump should be removed from office by the Senate or by popular vote next election, that is a matter of prudential judgment. That he should be removed, we believe, is not a matter of partisan loyalties, but loyalty to the creator of the Ten Commandments. What does that have to do with anything? Whatever. Okay. Hey, I'll take it. You don't like Trump? You want him out of office? I'll take it. Whatever weird, bizarre, stupid reason you have. To the many evangelicals who continue to support Mr. Trump in spite of his blackened moral record, we might say this. Remember who you are and whom you serve. Consider how your justification of Mr. Trump influences your witness to your Lord and Savior. Consider what an unbelieving world will say if you continue to brush off Mr. Trump's immoral words and behavior in the cause of political expediency. If we don't reverse course now, will anyone take anything we say about justice and righteousness with any seriousness for decades to come? Can we say with a straight face that abortion is a great evil that cannot be tolerated and with the same straight face say that the bent and broken character of our nation's leader doesn't really matter in the end? That's a very fascinating take, and I agree. That would be hypocrisy. We have reserved judgment on Mr. Trump for years now. Some have criticized us for our reserve, but when it comes to condemning the behavior of another, patient charity must come first. So we have done our best to give evangelical Trump supporters their due, to try to understand their point of view, to see the prudential nature of so many political decisions they may have made regarding Mr. Trump. To use an old cliche, notice I called him Mr. Trump, not President Trump. To use an old cliche, it's time to call a spade a spade, to say that no matter how many hands we win in this political poker game, we are playing with a stacked deck of gross immorality and ethical incompetence. And just when we think it's time to push all our chips to the center of the table, that's when the whole game will come crashing down. It will crash down on the reputation of evangelical religion and on the world's understanding of the gospel, and it will come crashing down on a nation of men and women whose welfare is also our concern. I love it. I love it. This is a fantastic article. I'm so glad that people are starting to see how hypocritical it is to support Donald Trump and also support all of the other ridiculous stuff that they support. The guy is a moral mess. You cannot reasonably justify supporting Trump and also claiming to follow Jesus. Like, they are the antithesis of each other. Jesus' teachings and, uh, and Donald Trump. You think Donald Trump gives a shit about the Bible? No. It's ridiculous that, that anybody ever thought the two could work together. So anyway, that's actually a really big deal. The fact that, I mean, this was like news in other outlets. The fact that the evangelical website Christianity Today defected from Trump. That's a really big deal. So I'm, I'm glad that this happened. And hopefully you guys found that pretty interesting like I did. I just wanted to take a look at some super chats from last week. I forgot to take these last week, so I apologize to my two super chatters for missing those, but let's let's cover them now and see what they had to say. The Gaytheist says, would you say Jesus was a cult leader? It's really, really hard to say because I'm not extremely clear about how he ran things, how it operated when he was leading it. If I were to take just 
what the Bible says about it and what I understand from like my childhood growing up hearing these stories. I would say no, probably not. But I know that that's not the case. Like I know that that's not how things played out. I know that the story that we're told about Jesus and how he operated and everything does not reflect reality, if he was a real person at all. So I'm just going to have to take it for granted that he was a real person and that this is how it played out. I would say no, but there were a lot of cult-like tendencies to it. Like, he basically said, you should be willing to give everything up for this, and that's pretty concerning. That's He also offered up a lot of black and white thinking, things like that. Sell all of your things and follow me. You know, had this hatred for money or, or wealth of any sort, that kind of thing. So there were a lot of really concerning things about Jesus and his ideology generally. But I'd say it was more of a mindset, like a cult-like mindset than a full-blown cult. Because he did talk to outsiders and stuff, and that was kind of frowned upon at the time. So Next super chat. We have little faith. If the Bible was proven 100% true tomorrow... I still wouldn't follow God because if he's real, he's a bastard. Very true, especially the God of the Old Testament is just a really, really terrible being. Like, awful moral, like, no morals. The God of the Bible is just, like, completely immoral. Just really terrible stuff that happened. I mean, just ask the Midianites. There are no Midianites. He killed all of them. So, never mind. I guess don't ask the Midianites. He was a really terrible being. He's got no morality. So here's another super chat. QAnon has the very strong scent of cult. Heart Owen. Thank you. Yeah, you're right. They do. I haven't really researched QAnon a lot yet, but I actually have a very, very close relative who's QAnon. And um, they're not good. They are very, very uh, extreme, to say the least. I would call that a cult, for sure, a political cult, no doubt. Lorenz, I think is the name. They asked how being anti, anti-wealth anti is cult-like. It's not. Uh, being anti-wealth is not cult-like, but it's having that kind of controlling structure where you're imposing an ideology on people that's cult-like. And having all of the views that Jesus had in general was very cult-like, one of those views being anti-wealth. You know, it's just an addition to the mix, so that's what I meant. Another super chat, Omega Riley, I fell asleep in my chair. I'm going to scamper off to bed. Merry Christmas, Telltale. Thank you, Omega Riley, for coming. You didn't have to come. So, And thanks for the super chat. That's fantastic. I know you're trying to save money for various things right now, so thank you very much for that. You didn't have to do that. Somebody asked, would you say that every new religion is good until it gets power and starts to politicize it in self-interest? That was FMR on YouTube. I would say no. No, there are, there are religions that are not good from the moment they start. For example, Heaven's Gate was really small. It was only 39 people at its height. And like when all that went down in 1997, I think, it wasn't good from the start. I mean, they had good intentions. A lot of the time, these groups have good intentions, but they're doing bad things. So take that for what you will. For example, they, they didn't believe then. They thought that they were space aliens that didn't belong in these bodies, 
And so they were mutilating their bodies to match what they thought that they should. It, it was just not good at all. This first one's coming from Trior. Ohio is currently having an issue with ectopic pregnancies. Lawmakers want to implement charges against doctors who cannot re-implement an embryo from the fallopian tube to the uterus, as it is medically impossible, and charge women for proceeding with abortion. 1. Should abortion laws be so stingent, especially for medical emergencies? And 2. Why do you think lawmakers are going after women and health workers so much? I actually heard about that. I heard that basically they were trying to force doctors to re-implant ectopic pregnancies and if they don't then they can be jailed that's so crazy first of all let me just explain a part of the law that a lot of people may not know about say you're at a pool and you see somebody drowning it may be your moral duty to jump in and save them but it's not your legal duty in fact if you jump in and try to save them and they die anyways you are legally responsible for their death. But if you don't do anything at all, if you ignore it, you're not legally responsible for anything. Legally speaking, you can't be compelled to act like that. And that's what this Pennsylvania law is doing. It's compelling somebody to act. And if they don't, then they blah. If, if they don't, they go to jail. That is so completely ass-backwards from what our country was built upon. Like, I, I can't even believe that this was proposed by somebody, by somebody serious in the political field. And on top of that, I'm, I can't believe they didn't consult doctors about this. You can't reimplant an embryo like that, from my understanding. This could be incorrect, but from what I understand... It's not possible to reimplant an ectopic pregnancy, even if you wanted to. So the fact that these lawmakers actually wrote this law and read it over and said to themselves, yeah, this sounds right, and then pushed it through is mind-blowing. Like, they must not understand what this country was built on. They must not understand anything about the Constitution or civil rights or the goals of the founding fathers or anything to to try to compel somebody to act like that legally that's just really really bizarre to me like how did these people get into office i, I wish i knew more about the story i don't know much about it unfortunately but it's just a really really bizarre situation um to answer your question you i think you asked why do I think they're targeting women like this? Uh, well, obviously women are adversely affected by this. They are the main target of this situation. I don't think that they are specifically setting out to hurt women with this. That is who is hurt by it. But I think they're just trying to... They set this goal and they're trying to do something specific and, and they don't give a shit who it hurts. So that's the end result, I think. Okay, one, one thing, Rat Elemental in the chat said there are things called Good Samaritan Laws specifically to protect people trying to save another person who failed to do so. That's from the f season finale of Seinfeld. That's not real. That does not exist. That was just made up by Seinfeld, and people actually believed that it was real. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. So can you, ask, can you ask the question one more time? 
Uh, Red Elemental actually says that they have a source for this. I have a source for mine, and my source for the Good Samaritan laws being made up was the YouTube channel Legal Eagle. They talked about it a lot in great detail. Um, you guys should check that episode out, actually. It's Seinfeld season finale episode is what it is. But I'm just taking a look at this real fast, this article that Rat Elemental posted, Good Samaritan Laws by State. When incidental to a business relationship existing between the employer or principal of the person rendering such care, service, or transportation, and the employer or principal of the person receiving such care, service, or of the person receiving such care, service, or transportation. I don't know. It's a little bit confusing. I'd have to read a lot more about it. Like I said, if you guys want to watch the Legal Eagle episode about Seinfeld, the season finale of Seinfeld, he talks about this in great depth as a lawyer, about whether or not it's legal to compel somebody to act. And pretty much in most cases, Good Samaritan laws are, are made up. That's what he was saying. So probably just check his sources, since, like I said, I, I'm not the lawyer here. So from a cringy trap, Telltale, what do you think of the education system in America? It depends on the area heavily. I think that, like, for example, in Alabama, the education system is just bombarded heavily with religion constantly. Like, they're shoving it down your throat. It's just terrible. West Virginia, in, in many areas in West Virginia, that's true, too. But in my specific location, it's not so bad. Uh, I would really like to see... See, here's the issue with it. Um, they, they write curriculums. Like, they have scientists write curriculums up and pass them out to the various schools and say, and, you know, childhood psychologists, developmental psychologists and things like that who say what kids need to learn, what they need to know at certain points in time. So I'm glad that we have that. Some of you may remember back forever ago, there was something called the um, the No Child Left Behind Act or whatever that George Bush signed in. And honestly, in a lot of ways, evangelical Christians are in favor of people being less knowledgeable about things. You don't need to know anything. All you need to know is that God loves you and he wants you to go to church on Sunday and worship him. That's it. That's the kind of mindset that extremist Christians have. But luckily, we do have separation of church and state, so we, we have been protected in a lot of ways from Christianity getting its influence in everywhere. So, um, This one's coming from the Gatheist. Would you say God is a narcissist? Uh, it, well, interestingly enough, there are different personalities for God in the Bible. Like, throughout different parts of the Bible, there's the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is like a sadistic, evil, sick being who will kill anybody at the drop of a hat. And the God of the New Testament is portrayed as a lot more loving but they kind of try to carry over the personality traits of the God of the Old Testament. So he's just as like evil and vindictive as God of the Old Testament, but he loves you and he cares about you and he wants you to succeed. And it's just a really, really weird, bizarre 
thing. Uh, do I think he's a narcissist? I guess I would say the God of the Old... Yeah, you know what? God of the Old Testament and the New Testament are both narcissists, I would say. But one thing they say is you should never diagnose somebody unless they're sitting in front of you and you've consulted with them and with other people about the diagnosis because you never know if they're telling the truth. You never know if they're... I mean, maybe they're pathological liars and not narcissists, you know? It's impossible to know for sure unless they're sitting right in front of you, and even then it's hard to tell. That's why psychologists say you shouldn't try to diagnose Donald Trump with any mental conditions. Uh, only his doctor can do that, really. But if what he is displaying on TV is truthful and represents the situation accurately, then we can make diagnoses based on that. Okay, so I've been covering a lot of activist mommy lately, and this article just caught my eye. New Jersey parents win stunning victory against aggressive vaccination mandate. I didn't know she was anti-vax. So let's give this a look and see what it has to say. Parents in New Jersey can heave a sigh of relief after the state's legislature failed to pass one of the most aggressive mandatory vaccination bills ever seen. As more states eye the removal of the long-protected right to refuse some or all school vaccinations on religious grounds, New Jersey was poised to pass a bill that would invalidate all religious exemptions, past and present. Where other eastern blue states like Maine and New York passed legislation to end religious exemptions for public and private school children, New Jersey's bill would also have applied to colleges and universities. The state assembly passed its version of the bill by a 45-25 vote Monday afternoon. The Senate bill was expected to pass by a small margin. Okay, it's being worded weirdly here, but basically the state assembly, I guess, is the state House of Representatives because we have a bicameral system in most states, except for Nebraska, which is unicameral. Anyway, uh, the state assembly, I guess, is the House of Representatives, which is one of the groups on the legislative branch. And then the Senate is the second group on the legislative branch. So it passed the House by a 45 to 25 vote on Monday. And then the Senate bill, so now it goes to the Senate for approval. The Senate bill is expected to pass by a small margin, is what it says here. And of course, this was actually written two days ago, so this is very, very recent. It goes on to say, Amid massive all-day protests from New Jersey's concerned parents and faith leaders, the state Senate found that they did not have enough members who were quite so eager to strip their constituents of their religious liberty. Just after 8 p.m., after several hours of waiting and chanting, protesters erupted into applause when it was announced that the Senate would not be voting on the bill. Oh, okay, so they didn't vote on the bill. They, they didn't vote no on the bill. They just didn't vote. So that basically pushed it back. That means they can revisit this sometime in the near future. That's a good sign. But it's, oh my God, these people, it kills me, like, there's this whole like conspiracy thing about vaccines, about how vaccines are evil and they have mind control substances in them that hurt people and all this other ridiculous stuff. And and then Trump parroted this whole bit uh, when he was running for president, saying they should spread them out. No, we're doing what the science says here. We're going with the science. The science says there's no issue 
with how vaccines are given. Do you even understand how a vaccine works? That's really my question for like Donald Trump and the other people. Um, there are different forms of how vaccines work, different versions, different ways. Um, but here's an example of one way that vaccines work. They basically take a truncated virus, right? They have these things called virophages. Let me pull up a picture of it real fast. So this is a virophage, right? There are a bunch of different parts to this virophage. Um, they basically what they do when they're making a certain type of, of vaccine is they truncate it. They cut part of it off. They cut off the, the harmful part, which effectively kills the virus, but they keep the DNA part. So what happens is now they're going to inject that DNA part into you, effectively infecting you with this virus, but it's 100% harmless. Like, it, it doesn't have the teeth that it had before it was killed. And now your immune system can naturally deal with it without worrying about killing the kid. Like, for example, a vaccine for, like, measles, mumps, and rubella, uh, they will give this kid this vaccine. His immune system can naturally deal with it as though he caught the virus naturally but he won't be in any danger that's how this works and and the fact that like people are freaking out about this just seriously just burns me up like you got to be kidding me do you, you you must not understand how this works or why this is so important look if you want to make stupid decisions for yourself like for you i get it you should have the right to be an idiot for yourself if you want, but not for your kids and not for me because you not getting your kids vaccinated means that it's affecting me now. And your right to swing your fist ends at the tip of my nose. The moment what you are doing in religious beliefs or whatever reason you have the moment it affects me is the moment you lose your right to do it. I'm sure that I've mentioned this before, but the way it affects me is something called herd immunity, where, um, say, a thousand kids out of a population of 30,000 kids don't get vaccinated. Then they start passing the, the virus around, and it starts mutating, and evolving pretty much i know a lot of christians don't like that word but that's what's happening it's evolving and mutating and getting better at what it does until the moment it's too different from the original vaccine for the vaccine to protect the kids from it anyways it's like the flu vaccine it changes rapidly it changes every single year and when they develop the flu vaccine they can take their best guess at what it's going to be and make those changes to the virus to try to plan for it. But they're, they're not going to get it right 100% of the time. And that's why the flu, ha even though it's a virus, has not been eradicated because it mutates too quickly. However, we do notice that we get the flu vaccines right enough every year that it still does save thousands and thousands of lives. Extremely young people, like kids, you know, up to age 8 to 10, 
and older people, say over 50, are the most susceptible to the flu. Now, if we didn't give the vaccines out at all, those populations of people who caught the flu, we would see, say, out of a population of 350 million, we'd see, say, 100,000 people die from it. But even getting the vaccine for the flu just a little bit wrong, because we can't get it perfect, even getting it a little bit wrong still saves thousands of lives. Like, it still lowers the death toll. So, get your vaccines, people. Seriously, even the flu vaccine. It's important. All vaccines. Just don't be stupid with your life. And with my life. Just get get the vaccines. Anyway, uh, let me continue the article. Sue Collins, co-founder of the New Jersey Coalition for Vaccine Choice, was ecstatic. Ugh, vaccine choice. The parents of New Jersey had a victory today, she said. According to the New York Times, the legislature stood with us. Yeah, but the kids had a loss. I don't think they stood with you. I think um, they just put it off. They, they could easily pass this bill after you walk away. Supporters of vaccine choice garnered the support of many lawmakers, the Times reports, including the Republican Assembly Minority Leader John Bramnick of Union County, who criticized the broad-reaching legislation on the assembly floor. Okay, I'm marking that name down, and next time I see him, I'm going to talk about what he did here today. To tell a doctor that they cannot use their ability, their expertise, to write an exemption handcuffs doctors, Bramnick said, referring to a section of the bill which would also tighten restrictions on medical exemptions. Ultimately, though, it doesn't matter what laws are signed in. Doctors will refuse to do it if it causes harm. The oath they take as a doctor, the Hippocratic Oath, overrides government laws. That's why doctors refuse to administer the drugs to death row inmates. The battle isn't over yet, however. They can cheer all they want. We're not, wa- we're not walking away from it, Senate President Stephen M. Sweeney said of the applause after announcing the postponement of the vote. It's just remarkable how people are looking at this and not trusting the science on it at all. They're trusting the internet. Very true. Trusting mommy groups. What's remarkable, of course, is that so many Democrat legislators are so eager to write off any dissenting thought on vaccination, abortion, or any of their pet topics as anti-science. That's because it is anti-science. Do you understand how any of this stuff works? I don't think you do, honestly. This is killing me. If these people wanted to adequately represent their constituents, they'd hear each and every one of them out and vote according to the wishes of those who elected them. I think that the best idea is to trust the science, to look at the science and understand what's actually best for the population based on that. I don't really care what some nutcase has to say about this thing or that thing. I think it's better to trust what the science is telling me. Anyway. Instead, they can simply brand opponents of the bill as anti-vaxxers, which they are, and carry on their merry way. Uh, Is that a pejorative that she's using against herself? I'm not really sure. Which is exactly what they plan to do in January before the legislative session ends. Good, good. I'm glad that they're holding the vote again and they're just going to pass it right through. That's good to hear. Vaccine choice advocate Stephanie... I love how they're using vaccine choice uh, as a term. Stephanie uh, Lucriccio offered New Jersey citizens a series of updates and calls to action in preparation for the legislature's anticipated attempt to revive the bill before the session ends on January 13th. Contact Governor Murphy Vito 
which mandates an employee in a healthcare facility must have annual flu vaccine with no option to decline for any reason, effective immediately. Good. I, I, I have a feeling that they're probably being really hyperbolic and twisting things out of proportion a little bit here. But you know what? Any employee in a healthcare facility must have an annual flu vaccine, have the flu shot. I would be, I think I would be in favor of that for the safety of the patients, for the safety of the nursing staff. I'd be all right with that. Uh, let's see here. Veto A1991, the bill that mandates meningitis B on all enrolled college students. Interesting. Yeah, I'd be okay with that too, I think. Um, herd immunity is extremely important. Continue to ask for his opposition to S2173 if it comes to his desk. Contact assembly people in your district to discuss their vote. Continue to educate and meet with those that are still voting to pass mandates. These people are fools. I can't even believe that activist mommy... I, for some reason, I thought she was smarter to, to, than to be an anti-vaxxer. I don't know what brought me to that stupid conclusion, but I thought for sure she was smarter than that. I guess not. So a lot of you guys have probably heard of the transformed wife. I've been taking a look at her stuff for a while, off and on. Like, I've been covering activist mommy, and I've been covering um, transformed wife. She is just a fascinating individual, like the transformed wife is. So I went through her Twitter and just took a quick glance through to see what it had to say. So let's take a quick look. I often get accused of trying to force my teachings on others. I don't march or fight for my rights, threaten or bully anyone, or anything else of this nature. I teach women what God has called me to teach them, yet some would love for my right to do this to be taken away. Um, that's true. There are people out there who would love for your right to say what you want to say to be taken away. I'm not one of those people for what it's worth. I think you should be allowed to say what you want to say. Full stop. I have no issue with you spouting off all kinds of nonsense. That's really okay with me. As long as you're okay with me debunking it. Next one. My friend was telling me about her DIL, daughter-in-law, I think is what that means, who truly lives in submission to her husband. He is the patriarch of his family. Where he wants to live, she goes. How he wants to eat, the family eats. She willingly and without complaint follows his lead and lives to serve him. Hashtag true submission. That sounds miserable. I said this on Twitter. I actually retweeted this. Why would why would any guy want to be with a woman who is like that? Just doesn't have a personality of her own? It doesn't make sense. Now, there's a difference between being like a sub and a dom, like being in that type of relationship, and being in this type of relationship. The, the two things are different. One of them is consensual and willing, and the other is coerced through undue influence, basically. Um, I don't, I, I just couldn't do it. If somebody didn't want to be, like, if somebody didn't have a personality of their own, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't want somebody who's submissive to me. I want an equal. I want a partner. That's what I want. So it's just really bizarre. Let's move on to the next one. We've been seeing pictures of children sitting on Santa's lap and I exclaimed to my family, we never had pictures of our children on Satan's lap. Freudian slip, a laughy emoji. That's really funny to me, the whole Satan's lap instead of Santa's lap. 
because my family said the exact same thing. Like they would say Santa is an anagram where you mix the letters all up for Satan. It's obviously Satan. It's so ridiculous. Just the lengths these people will go to to whatever. Anyway, next one. She retweeted a picture that says more women fly F-16s in Israel than drive cars in Saudi Arabia. Um, just let me give my viewpoint on this. I don't think that war is something to be proud of. But I, I would be proud of the fact that women are taking an active role in society beyond sitting at home and taking care of kids and making dinner for their husband. Like, I, Anyway, I'm glad that more women are taking an active role in, uh, in society in Israel. That's a good thing to me. So let's read her response. This doesn't impress me at all. Mothers who sacrifice their bodies, time, and energy to give babies life and raise them up in the Lord impress me. Men can do what these women do, but men can't do what mothers do. So she's basically saying she idealizes what Saudi Arabia is doing to women, where they're not allowed to drive. They're not allowed to leave the house without a man's permission, without a man as a chaperone. That should show just how extreme she is. When she's advocating for things that ISIS advocates for like that, societal changes that ISIS implements, you have gone down the wrong path somewhere. Like, you fucked up somewhere along the line, so you should just back it up, figure out what fucked up, and start over again. Women try to convince me that there isn't a verse that tells us that women can't have jobs outside of their homes. There, that's true. There isn't a verse that says that. God commands women to be keepers at home. Home is women's place of work and ministry. God isn't silent on where he wants women to be. He's very clear. Um, I think he's a lot less clear in the Bible than she's making out here. She didn't list like any verses here or anything. Now, there are the, there is the odd verse here and there that says... Don't suffer a woman to teach and things like that. And women will suffer through childbearing and all that other good stuff. There is the occasional cherry picked one like that. But what she's really appealing to here is what society was like during biblical times. And that is what it was like. Like women were expected to be in complete subjugation. They're expected to keep their mouths shut and just do what their husband told them to do. I have no desire to go back to a time like that. Like, they were so much more morally ignorant. Like, they didn't have any grip on morality, say, six, five, 6,000 years ago, when a lot of this stuff was formed out, like in the Old Testament. They didn't have the philosophers that we have today to refer back to, for example. I mean, we have a, a, a strong grip, I feel, on morality at this immediate moment. Now, we're failing in a lot of ways with morality, but it's kind of a progressive thing that you've just got to get better at over time. And I have no interest in setting us back five, 6,000 years in morality, which is what she seems to be advocating for here. Like, that's absurd. The one thing I appreciated about Hallmark was its decency. And now they have done away with that. So some of you may be unaware of Hallmark and what happened with that. Let me just give you a quick little primer on it. Basically, from my understanding with Hallmark, they aired a commercial recently 
with it was a wedding planning commercial like it, for a wedding planning company and the commercial used two gay people two women in it as the the brides basically in the wedding for this commercial and the activist twitter account called 1 million moms which has 3000 followers FYI a third the size of my twitter account just completely disintegrated on Hallmark and freaked out and said, oh, you've lost all of your values. You're a terrible company. Going to boycott, you know, Hallmark now and all this ridiculous stuff. So Hallmark crumbled. They folded and said, okay, all right, we're taking it down. We're not doing it. We apologize. And then they got even more backlash from Ellen DeGeneres, for example, who, by the way, I'm sure a lot of you probably know is lesbian. She said, this is 2019. Why are we doing this? Why are you taking this down? Show representation for us. Why are you freaking out about this? Uh, Ellen wasn't the only one. There were a lot of people who kind of came out and yelled at Hallmark. So guess what? Hallmark, Hallmark put the ads back on. So good for Hallmark. Really, really glad that they did that. You know, they did fold to the pressure at first. They didn't really know what to do. But the important bit is that they, they did the right thing in the end, in my eyes. So the transformed wife says, the one thing I appreciated about Hallmark is its decency, and now they have done away with that. I'm not sure why showing a wedding planning commercial is inherently lacking decency. That's kind of weird to me, but whatever. Uh, next one. President Obama thinks women make better leaders. Way to beat men further down. Plus, it's directly against God's will. God created men to be the leaders and the ones in authority. Wisdom is no longer popular. Feelings and emotions have taken over. It's a sad day. God created men to be the leaders and the ones in authority. God didn't create men at all. If you actually, like, there, there are so many ways to go about debunking the idea that God created men 6,000 years ago. We'll just go with that one. God didn't create men 6,000 years ago. You know how I know that? I'll give you two examples of how I know the earth has been around for longer than 6,000 years. First, we have trees that are 10,000 years old. And we can tell because we can stick a drill in those trees and drill out part of the core and count the rings. That's something everybody did in elementary school. It's not exactly one ring to one year, um, but it, it evens out to that over the years. So we have trees that are 600 years old. We can basically cut them down and count the rings, and there are about 600 of them because it's winter-summer cycles, winter-summer cycles. That's what causes the rings in the first place is the exposure to the cold air and then the hot sun beating down. Exposure to the cold air, hot sun beating down. That's what causes it. Now, you'll have some far milder winters sometimes, and you'll have really cold bursts and then heat bursts and cold bursts sometimes. So, like I said, it's not exactly one ring to one year all the time, but it evens out to that over the course of thousands of years. And we have that exact thing. We have 10,000-year-old uh, 10, 10, trees. So the earth is not 6,000 years old, bottom line. I'm sorry to break it to you. Not just trees, but we have ice cores in the Arctic. Every winter in the Arctic, it snows, and then it melts and then freezes again and creates 
basically a kind of like a ring. So when you drill down into the ice and pull out these giant ass ice cores, you can count the rings on that too. And I think they've gotten down to 20,000 um, ice core rings, basically. I could be wrong on that one. Anyway, two examples of how we know the Earth is older than 10,000 years. Not to mention the, the fact that we have astronomy and we have the theory of relativity figured out and the speed of light figured out and we can calculate how far stars are and all kinds of other stuff. This woman is just living in a fantasy world. Young women are taught throughout their entire childhoods to pursue careers. So they pursue higher education, careers, and gain a lot of debt. Okay. Men gain a lot of debt when they're trying to get careers too. That's just the nature of getting a career. So as that is a downside, it's a downside that everybody faces. I'm not sure why she's using that as a point against women specifically. They are taught their goal in life is a career, not marriage and motherhood. We are reaping what we have sown as a nation. Not sure what she means by we're reaping what we've sown as a nation either. Women are doing phenomenally well at this moment in the country. Well, they're doing better than they have historically. I would like to see a lot more progress than we have seen toward women being more equal in society, toward wages being more fair, toward all kinds of other stuff. As Noah continued to obey God as others mocked and ridiculed him, we are to continue to obey God as others mock and ridicule us. We know how it ended for Noah. We know how it will end for us. All is good. That's kind of scary. So she's basically saying God murdered every living thing on the entire planet except for the people who believed in him. And that's what I'm expecting to happen to everybody who mocks me. They're all going to die horrifically. That is disturbing. But that's the Christian mindset. That's what Jehovah's Witnesses believed too. They believe that we, that I'm going to be killed as payment for me, you know, doing what I do on YouTube. They think that I'm going to be killed as, as a result of my work. And that gives them solace. That gives them comfort. That's creepy and disturbing. That's wrong. Those who say we shouldn't have more children due to overpopulation and saving the earth must not understand that this world will be burned up one day but children are eternal beings who live forever. Wow. So first of all, children are seriously affecting climate change uh, on a disturbing level, like having more and more kids and over overpopulation is a huge problem that needs to be addressed, absolutely. But she doesn't care because the earth is going to just die one day. So what's it matter? Have as many kids as you want because they're going to die one day too and they're going to be in heaven with God. How disturbing is this woman's mindset? Like, this is just like the scratching the surface. Like, I, I only went through tweets for the past week or something. You guys should definitely check this woman out. She even has a blog, thetransformedwife.com. I should cover some of this stuff on my YouTube channel. It's so disturbing.
If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I'm trying to make a shirt design for every cult I've covered. I haven't gotten every one, but I'm working on it. So check it out and see if your cult is up there. Second, you can support me by checking out my game shop. I sell controller, cartridge, and game box stands for every system from the original Nintendo and Sega Game Gear to the Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. So give that a look too. And finally, if you want to support me in some way other than monetarily, you can check out my other YouTube channels. I have a retro game channel where I answer questions like, why does Shy Guy have a mask? And why are CRT TVs the best way to play retro games? I also have the podcast where I talk about stuff I don't feel I can say on a monetized channel. And finally, I have my main channel, where I talk about cults. I wish I didn't have to worry about dancing around subjects carefully in the first place, but I chose to do this as a full-time job, so unfortunately, I rely on YouTube's AdSense, and on the support of patrons to continue doing the work I do. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.